This is a Big MX Podcast, brought to you by X-Brand Goggles, presented by Golden Tire, Tech One Designs, Westside Honda, TransCanada Motorsports, Roy Wharton Suspension Systems, and 204 Skate Shop. Motocross news from around the globe, but mostly between Emerson and Brandon. We're not experts over here, but we've got microphones. Check out BigMXRadio.com for more content. Welcome to the Big MX Podcast Show, brought to you by X-Brand Goggles, 204 Skate Shop, Tech One Designs, Westside Honda, TransCanada Motorsports, RPM Graphics, Roy Borton Suspension Systems, and Golden Tire. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt, and with me on the line, the number 99, no, not Wayne Gretzky, we got Justin Starling. How's it going, Justin? Not too bad, man. Just uh, nursing a uh, torn MCL at home, uh, not working, not riding, and just uh, talking to some stars of the sport. And uh, got to start off with the Starling. For sure. You're uh, tripping down back home from uh, Indiana. You uh, had a, uh, an eventful weekend in, uh, in the mud. We'll start off with that. Like uh, You're driving home right now, not going to Utah. And uh, after that mud race, uh, how was this last weekend for you? Wow, last weekend was, uh, you know, it started off really good. Uh, you know, we did press day, and, and the bike was really good, and the track was, you know, amazing. Hands down the best one of the, of the whole season. And uh, everything was going really good, and woke up Saturday morning to it completely downpouring. And uh, right away we knew it was going to be a mud set. But, uh, you know, it, it started off pretty good. I qualified 14th, and that was actually the best that I qualified all year, and you know, things were going good in the first moto. We uh, got a decent start, but just hit the ground everywhere. Then lost a lot of coolant. The bike started smoking. And, you know, I, I kind of made a decision to pull off and try to save the bike for the second moto. Since we were already two laps down after being stuck in the mud the second time. And, uh, yeah, so we just, you know, DNF that one. And then we tried to come up to the second one and got a terrible start because I was so far on the outside. We, uh, you know, fought our way from, I think it was like 28th to 15th or 14th. Um, yeah, and like half the halfway, uh, and broke, and the counter shaft fucking came off and got wedged in between my, uh, swing arm and my frame. Right. Right away, I was, you know, done for the moto on that one. So that, that sucked. But, uh, you know, it was alright. I walked out healthy. And, you know, it sucks. I lost a lot of points again, but you know, you can't uh, you can't always win them all. And I'll take being healthy over really good finishing today. No kidding. That seems to uh, be the mantra of your season so far. As far as outdoors goes, uh, only scoring inside the top twenty uh, at both. Uh, um Unadilla and High Point, uh, your two best nationals. Obviously, you've had some speed, uh, but just some misfortune and some some bike issues uh, hampering your season so far. Uh, what do you really attribute that to, and uh, how do you keep a uh, up upbeat um, way about yourself, uh, having dealing with all of these um, issues that you've been dealing with throughout the summer? Yeah, the way I look at it is, uh, you know, it happens. You can't. You can't uh, you can't win them all, and everyone has a bad season. You know, I only DNF one of the motos because of a concussion that I got, and the rest were all mechanical. But uh, you know, it happens. You uh, you gotta take the good with the bad, and just look at it as you're walking out healthy. And you know, it could have been a lot worse. You know, a bike could have blown up on the face of a dump, and you know, I could not be talking to you guys right now. So it's it is what it is. We uh, just gotta take it and you know, keep moving forward and not let it get us, not let it get us down because then we're not gonna get anywhere. So you know, keep a smile on the face. Absolutely, you know, uh, it's, it's good to have that uh, positive uh, outlook, especially when you're dealing with some uh, some adverse um, 
conditions, especially even even myself with the the torn MCL. Not nothing I can do about it. Do everything I can to get healthy. And and you yourself have have your health. If, if you've got nothing else, you've got your health. And uh, you've you've got some plans to do some riding before uh, the year is out. Uh, and that's to go over uh, to Europe and do some supercrosses. Uh, now, since you're heading back home, uh, what's the plan to uh, get yourself? ready to to go out the, over to I believe you said it was Norway and uh, and do some supercrosses yeah I'll, uh, yeah I'm headed home right now we actually stayed uh, a couple days later in, 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 at the track in Indiana uh, I was helping the shavers uh, they're on the track uh, pretty much just clean up and get the track you know back to normal and it, it would be completely mind-blowing if you went to the track right now after seeing it this weekend and seeing it right now the track looks Amazing! And hmm. I wanted to ride it, but you know, it's so good. But uh, yeah, I know we uh, we're headed home, and we're going to uh, take a couple days off. I got to frame my bike and uh, pretty much rebuild them, and just now I'm gonna start from scratch. You know, just, I'm gonna go back to you know my same training stuff, but I'm gonna do you know stuff I focused on for Supercross and not outdoors. So we'll uh, we'll start riding Supercross hopefully in the next Absolutely, you gotta make sure that you're you're just uh, making things happen. And um, of course, when you go over to uh, to Europe, are you taking or are you you'll be riding a four hundred and fifty over there or a two hundred and fifty? I'll ride a four hundred and fifty over there, the MX one, I think it's called. Okay, yeah, that's the the premier class. MX one. Um, yeah. There's a there's a, a fellow Floridian who uh, made uh, made a name for himself racing those races back uh, back in the day. Jason Thomas, did he have any uh, input on uh, you or influence you to doing uh, taking on that type of program? No, um, honestly, I went over in 2009. Uh, it, uh, I got an email after I won the Reddit and the B class that they asked me if I wanted to do it and. Uh, well, actually, no, uh, Ingenite. Uh, David came in from Ingenite to it up. And I went over there and I did a round. And, you know, I was 16, not knowing really what I was doing. Totally. Or what to expect there. You're not speaking I didn't do a whole very lot good. Either, I didn't, probably. Yeah, no, it wasn't, it wasn't very good. I didn't go back for a couple of years. And then, uh, you know, I got an email last year to go over and uh, do the series this past year. And, you know, I went over the first two rounds for a team that was really good, but it was on the Suzuki 450, and I'm going up on the 250, and just getting over to the race, I was having to get used to the whole, the bike the whole time, and I wasn't a fan of the Suzuki at all. So I went over to two rounds last year, and I ended up going back for, for the last round on a Honda team that I've been trying to go for for like three years, mm-hmm. and uh, had a lot of success with that team, and uh, yeah, they went over for the last round, and so not even like the one-off race in Leipzig, and uh, you know, I ended up winning the heat race and, you know, finishing top five in all the mains and everything went really well. So, uh, yeah, I signed with uh, the fire racing team to go back again this year on the 450. You know, hopefully, uh, now that I'll be prepared and not getting the email, you know, the week before the race, where I can actually prepare for the race this time. But, uh, yeah, I want to go over and uh, try to win this thing. You know, I think I can. And I, you know, I have the speed to do it and, you know, now I know what to expect over there and I think uh, I think I have a good shot this year. for sure um, going over there like obviously you, you've you've had some experience now you know what to expect um, like uh, how did how did, like other than the the 
the Loretta's deal. Uh, how does this keep coming about? Like, do you how do you uh, organize going over there? And do you talk to the promoter, or how does that all work? Uh, actually, we talked to the team manager of uh, the team on high school. Okay. They uh, they see you know they like to watch the Americans here and and uh, you know obviously the fan base over there they want to see the Americans ride so teams are more likely to pick up an American than the German or the French or something like that so uh, you know just have a good relationship with Miles Meyer and and uh, he's actually been in my house back in the day too so it really worked out good for the both of us and uh, yeah so it's, it's, it's good. I like it a lot. It's a good way to keep me busy during the off season. You know, it's a good way to make money, and and uh, I think it better myself as well when I come back to do the uh, East Coast. Excellent. Yeah, absolutely. It seems like uh, once you get back, you're in. You're kind of in uh, mid-season form already in terms of as far as Supercross goes. You're already in that mode uh you'd mentioned not uh getting along too well with the suzuki which uh for those who uh know suzuki as well they've basically stayed the same bike since 2010 um you're you're a Honda, you're a fan of the hondas and you've been riding them ever since uh well even your amateur days uh um uh your last year on amateurs i believe you're on hondas and you've got one for sale um i was just noticing on uh your 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 facebook feed there that uh you've got you've got a 2013 honda for sale and uh maybe like this would be a good oh. opportunity to let people know that you've got it on for sale and and what you got uh, offered yeah no i uh, i've been on hondas for a long time and uh i did actually ride for Suzuki for a lot in the amateur it's true uh you know i just i, I think the newer bike, I just, I'm not a fan of it. You know, I think I like the ones from 2007 and 2008 way more than the newer style. I think it's just a, it's too rigid for me. And I like a bike that has, I don't know, I don't really know how to explain it, but I just, the bike feels too stiff. And when I go to a Cowie or, you know, a Honda or even a Yamaha, it doesn't feel that way. And I, that's why I choose those bikes more, you know. And, uh, but yeah, no, I, but I got a Honda, uh, for sale 2013 by race bike from last year. Uh, I got that for sale. Uh, well, actually, pretty much everything I had for 2013 last year, I have for sale with it this year. Yeah, you got plenty of we, plastics uh, as well, too. Yeah, yeah, we just have a bunch of stuff, plastic, you know, extra pipe, uh, you know, oversized tank, you know, just kind of anything you can really think of we have, that we have for it. We're, we're selling it, you know, and we're selling it for cheap. You can buy a new bike and the motor's already done ready to go race right now so yeah we're trying to get rid of it we, uh, we kept it this year um we should have probably surprised selling at the beginning of the year but we kept it this year just uh you know just in case i needed it for something you know and, and uh, we ended up not needing it so it's been sitting there race ready for probably four or five months now and it's time for it to uh find a new home for sure. So yeah, if there's anyone in the uh, the Florida area who's uh, listening and uh, wanting to pick yourself up an absolutely beautiful race bike that's uh, ready to go, uh, just like uh, Justin Starling himself probably t- turned some wrenches on it. Looks like he got uh, uh, plenty of sets of number plates, uh, fenders, like you said, a, a full exhaust uh, system on it, and it's got a little bit of engine work as well. So the thing rips. Uh, contact Justin uh, via probably your Facebook. Uh, it'd probably be easiest, and uh, yeah, do uh, do that up. Get that thing off his hands so the kid can spend more money on uh, prepping that supercross track of his back home where you're going to be doing some serious work in the next little while to take on uh, Deutschland uh, and uh, the rest of the Germans at the supercross yeah I'm I'm excited for I think it's going to be a good year and you know what we have planned for next year is looking really good too so uh, if it all everything works out as planned it'll be uh, be good it'll be a new new era for you really Absolute. Now, like uh, you, you've mentioned in the past couple of podcasts that you pride yourself on being more of a 450 guy, but you do race the 250 uh, on both Supercross and outdoors, uh, which is a bit surprising to me. Um, have you given any thought to riding the 450 at some West Coast Supercross rounds to uh, kind of get yourself into the swing of North American Supercross? As I do understand that the the European Supercross rounds are a little bit different dirt, uh, like obviously a little bit tighter, the, the lap times being uh, sometimes sub 30 seconds. Yeah, the lap times are there like 25 to 28 second lap times, and the dirt is like riding on Play-Doh. Oh, right on. It's, uh, so it really doesn't get you like completely ready for, you know, the East Coast and stuff like that, but 
it is good to be racing, you know. But, uh, you know, I've always wanted to do the, the 450 on the West Coast, but I've never really had the, the support to do it. And, you know, this year it's looking like it's a possibility, but we'll have to see because the last turn around actually is the same weekend that meeting Supercross. Right. So, uh, obviously, starting that series, that'll be like my main focus that won't be contracted to do the West Coast. But, um, I wouldn't mind, you know, coming in, you know, the weekend after Phoenix and, and finishing it out until, uh, until the East Coast starts, but, you know, we'll have to see on where everything's sitting and, and how everything's set up, uh, around that time before we, uh, you know, make the decision to do that. Definitely year-round racing for Justin Starling, and uh, 2014 has been a uh, eventful year for you, to say the least. You've uh, you've had some incredible performances in the Supercross. Obviously, you'd mentioned that you you had some up and down results with uh, on the outdoor scene. Like you had some serious speed. Now look at some of your lap times from qualifying that you the races that you didn't have any bike issues, and the kid you're just absolutely lights out. Uh, as far as uh, lessons go in in terms of the 2014, which I think you're taking. 2014 as a real learning and building year for yourself. What was the biggest lesson that you learned here in 2014? You know, I think the biggest lesson I learned was to be more prepared when it comes to having your, your bike ready to go. We, uh, you know, we didn't get my race bike until, you know, a couple days before Dallas Supercross, so really the whole year we were testing. You know, we never really, every time we rode the bike, something was different. And uh, neither of the other guys, they have all their testing done, you know, in November. And I'm sitting here not knowing what I'm doing yet, you know. So I think the biggest thing is to make sure you have every, everything in a row and, and done before uh, the season starts. You know, we've changed the printing companies going into Supergrass or into Outdoors. Uh, we changed a lot of things with, you know, ignition, the throttle bodies and motors. And, you know, we were learning something new every weekend. And I think it wasn't until the last two rounds that we finally figured out what worked. And then we just had three problems. You know, a hole in my radiator goes wrong, and then the heat sensor coming out of the motor and it's still bolted in, you know, and then at the end where a counter shot broke bolt break. Like, it's, you know, something you, you never see happen before it happens. So, you know, I think, uh, you know, next year I really want to start, you know, getting on the bike next year with the next couple weeks and having the bike ready to go and testing done by December, you know, that's like what I would love to have have happen. And uh, I think if we're you know, we're starting now, I, I think it's uh, something that will happen. But uh, yeah, one thing I learned for sure is just be more prepared when it comes to having your bike ready. All right, so Obviously, being more prepared for 2015 will allow you to um, just go think, go about things smoother. When you're prepared, uh, you're you're less frantic on race day. You can focus on nothing more than the task task at hand, and the task at hand is to perform well on the motorcycle. Something that you do very well. Uh, what would you say would be the highlight of 2014? Would it be jumping out of the stands uh, in in Detroit, or? Uh, I think the highlight. And, you know, that's, that's tough. It's, uh, I probably, the, you know, the best race of, of the season was New Jersey for me. Yep. Um, it was the one weekend we actually felt like we had everything in line and was going good because we had a three or four week break before it. And, uh, we did a lot of changes to the bike. And, you know, that was the first one. It's not my best finish. It's 12th in the main. Uh, finished on the board with fifth in the heat race and qualified 13th was, you know, my best weekend all around. And I have to say that was probably the highlight. I think the, the biggest highlight that everyone remembers about is hitting that handle in, in Detroit and coming down from the stands. You know, it was, uh, it was a good good building here. I would say, I wouldn't say it was like a really good year. But, uh, you know, it was, it was okay. And, you know, we'll take it with how it was. And, you know, I walked out with breaking no bones. You know, I had one concussion and I, I was sore after a few crashes, but nothing uh, serious happened, and we're walking, uh, walking away from the last round. Well, the second last round, the last round for me, uh, healthy, and you know, I'll take it as a uh, as a good year. Uh, a lot of disappointment with motors blowing up and stuff like that, and 
talk to me, you know, but I think at the end of the year, probably 20 or 30 points. But uh, you got to take it with how it is and keep it forward. Absolutely. It's good to hear that you've got the positive outlook and taking these uh, setbacks in stride and, and just working forward, Things uh, worrying about things that you can control. Uh, all of you see these bike problems that you have. on When you're on the bike, that's not something that you can control. It's not something you can dwell on. You move forward. You take on the next event. And, uh, yeah, it seems like you've um, after, like your your nationals are done for the year. You're not going to Utah because uh, of basically just the, the travel and the expenses not really working out in terms of uh, in terms of uh, what you're you're gonna get out of it, uh, like um, and uh, and just moving forward, your mindset has been completely switched over to preparing yourself for uh, the Supercross events that you're gonna be taking on in the next couple of months. And I think that's a great thing. I think it's a great way to approach things. And um, it's what better time to start preparing than now? Um, so as far as like you like you said, we've had an eventful season. What's the funniest story that you've got from 2014? Oh man, funny story. You know, it's kind of hard to tell because nothing ever really that funny happened. You know, nothing that it was just like, oh man, you know, uh, we've had some motorhome problems and stuff like that, but I can't think of just like a, a random story. Well, how's that puppy of yours? Oh, the puppy's good. The puppy's at home. Uh, he grew up and he's very big now. And, uh, too big to take on the road, but uh, yeah, he's at home with uh, at home still, and uh, man, it's huge now. Like the, the dude just grew, you know, it was unreal, and uh, yeah, I'm actually pretty excited to see him. Fair enough. Puppies will do that. They they tend to get a little bigger after uh, that puppy stage. Uh, who was your biggest supporter yeah. in 2014? Obviously, you had a huge list of sponsors, but uh, even even if it's not a particular sponsor, who has really been in your corner from the very get-go uh, from, from Gate Drop uh, in Anaheim to where we sit today? Uh, i got to say my mom and my dad, honestly. They, uh, they went above and beyond this year for me, and, and my dad really worked out a lot of money to keep my motors going after the problem after the problem that we had. And, uh, you know, we had Extra Entertainment who jumped on board uh, before the first round of Supercross. And, you know, obviously, without their support, I wouldn't have gotten any of them. They were, you know, huge when it came to getting me to the races and, and helping me with any little bit that I needed. But, uh, yeah, I got to say my mom and my dad. My dad, you know, he, he went above and beyond this year and, and stayed with my mom, and they really believed in me. And I, I think, you know, they know that, a lot of the problems that we had this year was out of my control, and uh, I think that showed that you know it wasn't you know when, I, when, it, when it showed on the board that I was you know 38, 38 or 40th overall, or something like that. It wasn't me just finishing there, you know. So I uh, I can't thank them enough. They really helped me out a lot this year, and uh, yeah, I'm ready to uh, turn the favor for them you know, next year. Absolutely, you know, uh, having having a good solid foundation behind you, and of course your 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 parents helping you out uh, financially with with uh, making sure that you've got the um, every, everything that you have need in place, and of course you've also got Kirsten, uh, your girlfriend, who uh, is um, just basically helps you out uh, with everything that has to do with uh, the race day uh, program. You, like she's your, uh, I'm sure she's putting uh, food together for you and, and making sure that you're relaxed so that all you have to think about is, is, is uh, life on the track. So um, having that support behind you is uh, absolutely paramount. And uh, I'm glad as the big MX show to set, set you up with a skateboard that uh, I'm sure you've been using basically night and day to allow yourself to relax and, uh, and maybe take your mind off a of moto here and there. Yeah, no, I've actually been riding it quite a bit. I have it in, uh, have it in my camper right now. Right on. Um, obviously, we talked a little bit about your plans for the off season. Um, and far, as far as the training goes, and you can give a little bit of insight into these the younger riders coming up. Uh, what do you do to prepare? Um, like, uh, obviously, after like a long outdoor series, like you've, you've, I don't know how much you're riding during the week. Um, but it's it's basically time for you to for some, your off season is a time to get back to being to, to the fitness side of things. Um, the uh, obviously you're not able to uh, get a lot of time in the gym, and, and I'm sure you'd probably do bring a road bike with you. But how does your off season 
preparation change from the in-season uh, preparations? Uh, it changes a lot. You know, before, uh, before I can be at home and actually have my kids and stuff, it, it helps tremendously because when I'm on the road, I have my rower, which is, you know, usually about 70% of my workout. But I have my rower and that's it. You know, so everything, everything's pretty much cardio, recovery, stuff, and all that stuff. So when I'm at home, I can go back to my weight and, and uh, the boxer ball and all stuff like that. So, you know, it, uh, it helps a lot to be home um, and be able to do all that stuff as well as really get to ride during the week because during the season I'm driving each national and I'm only getting to ride one day if I even get to ride that one day. So it's, uh, it's going to be a, a lot better at work and actually benefit myself and really make changes and uh, put myself at that next level. For sure, you know it's uh, it's 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 got to be a challenge finding somewhere to ride week to week as you're doing so much traveling. Is that one of the the one of your biggest struggles or the biggest challenges that you face uh, crawling across this vast nation of, of uh, the United States? Like finding somewhere to ride, or is it um, like how do, how do you end up uh, locating places to uh, spend some laps uh, during the week if you're able to do so? Yeah, the, the hardest thing is, yeah, obviously finding them to ride, but it's also doing laundry for the weekend and cleaning everything up and going out of the same race race uh, that you race on, you know, and keeping everything clean and organized. And finding some of the rides nearly impossible every week. I mean, everyone might think, oh, we can keep looking on this and find this little track. It might be easy if you have a truck in the trailer, but when you have a full-on renegade semi, yeah. it's not very easy to get into those places all the time, you know, and, and half the time there's public tracks won't open until night, and, you know, it's, just, it's, it's hard, you know, and, and it's hard to find, it's, it's just tough, you know, it's really not what people think it is, and, you know, if it was that easy, I would do it, but to try to find somewhere to go in my renegade is not, uh, not even that. Well, that being said, what is the uh, the biggest disappointment in terms of a practice track that you've been promised that this place is awesome, and you go there and it's uh, less than awesome? You know, I, I've had probably two grades this year, and I was pretty bummed because one of them I had to ride for a full week, mm-hmm. and it sucked really bad. Like every day, I was pretty bummed to go out there, but. You know, I think at the end of the day, any time on your bike is beneficial. You know, you might not be having fun, yep. but you're, you're really helping yourself at the end of the day. So, you know, we've had a couple of them. I'm not going to say you know, where they were or anything like that was the name of them. But it's, uh, yeah, the way I, after a couple of days, you know, I didn't want to go back to this track. But the way I looked at it was I can either go ride this track or... That's true. Good time. Uh, time on the bike is. I'm gonna go ride. Yeah, time on the bike is absolutely key, and uh, and for those who uh, like myself, honestly, I'll admit uh, I um, I am a bit of a fair weathered rider in terms of I do like to ride when the track is is at its at its prime condition, as well as tracks that I do like to ride. Like uh, there's I'll steer clear tracks that I uh, don't particularly go well there, or. But um, for those who are actually looking to uh, get faster week to week to week, uh, you've got to go out there, and um, it can't always be fun. You know what I mean? It, it's uh, you got to go out there and practice certain things. And um, that's actually an interesting question that I, I could have for you. Uh, what is something that you work on, uh, or something that you, you need to work on as uh, you move into your off season um, to pick up those extra few seconds? Like, what uh, type of drills do you work on with yourself, or some bad habits that you currently have that you need to kick? Uh, you know, actually, I started riding uh, BMX bikes with Dirt Bennett Sandwich, and uh, I, I noticed that once I got on my dirt bike, I started to ride my dirt bike like a BMX bike, and I was standing up a lot more, and, and it helped unbelievably. Like, I really took my riding to the next level within the, the, the last two rounds where I started to qualify better, you know, ride better, be faster and stronger um, just by riding a BMX bike. Hmm. And uh, I knew that at the end of uh, Supercross, I went back and watched a lot of the races. And, and one thing that I need to work on is 
supercross is sports. You know, I, I'm good in all the rhythms. I can grab the jump same as everybody else. But I'm not as fast in the corners. I'm more of like the guy that goes through them to try to set up for the next section instead of just blasting through the corner and then just sending it into the section, you know. Yep. So I'll, uh, you know, I'll be practicing a lot of corner drills uh, this offseason. And uh, also, it, you, know, you can never go too fast in the loop, so I'll be practicing, you know, trying to get faster in those as well. And, uh, you know, I have a few things I want to work on, and, uh, you know, I plan to uh, really, really work on more this year because I really believe that I can and will eventually get on the podium. And I really want to make that happen next year. And, you know, who knows if that podium could just be a win, you never really know. Absolutely, you uh, um, tighten up the screws on those corners, and uh, that like, yeah, like you've often said, like it, you never make up all of that. Like, say if I'm five seconds behind somebody, you can't make all that five seconds up in one section unless there's a massive jump that you're not doing or something like that. It's the tenth of a second each corner, or even a quarter of a second each corner on a on a supercross track. There's usually anywhere from twelve to fifteen corners. If you picked up a tenth of a second. Now you've got a you've got a, a second and a half quicker if you have a tenth of a second per corner that you're faster. So um, definitely working on those yeah. types of things is is uh, is going to be the difference for you next year. Yeah, I really believe so, and uh, I'm going to work on it hard. You know, like I'm going to start working on that. You know, in the next couple of weeks. You know, I'm not going to jump on the track and just immediately go pound out fifty in that moto. I'm going to get on the track and you know take a couple of weeks and just work corners figure out how to do those and work strength with the, you know, with getting better in the corners and once I start dropping my last time a lot, then, then I'll make those motors, you know. Absolutely. So um, let's talk about your sponsors there, uh, big guy. You've got a, you've got a massive list, and uh, so let's go down them from top to bottom, and let's talk a little bit about how you develop that relationship and how much of uh, a key element that they have been to supporting you throughout this 2014 season. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, first off, and, and everyone is, is my mom, my dad. Yeah. You know, uh, they they've been behind me since I was four when it comes to their bikes, and they've always pushed me to keep uh, keep going forward with it. And uh, you know, I can't thank them enough. And you know, my dad, the last two rounds was back to being my mechanic, and uh, you know, it's funny. It, we uh, we had a good system, and everything was just like the amateur days. And, you know, I can't thank him enough for for taking his time off work on the weekends to fly up and uh, and help me out and you know keep us uh, keep us going throughout the day. And uh, you know, I, I can't thank them enough. That it really I mean a lot from you. And then uh, you know the my title sponsor for the year was Exio Entertainment. Uh, Jeff Wyland and Scott uh, Hummel all over there. They uh, they stepped up and helped me get to the races and. Uh, Know, put a big sticker on front of my semi, and we uh, had a good a good relationship. And uh, you know, we're going to do that into next year as well as uh, you know maybe years after that. But uh, I can't thank those guys enough. Um, you know, we got linked up through uh, on Twitter. You know, it's kind of crazy. They sent me on Twitter, told me to call them. I didn't really know what it was at the time. I called them, and next thing you know, I'm going to the races. So, uh, big shout out to those guys over there to, uh, to keep my season going and, uh, actually to get it started as well as keep it going. Um, you know, then we got out this motorsport. They, uh, they actually hooked up with two bikes this year. Wow. And, uh, without, yeah, without their support, I, you wouldn't see me on the track. Well, you, you probably would have told me in 2013 that I had, but, you know, I had two fresh bikes in the beginning of the year because of them and, uh, you know, that was that was huge because a lot of dealerships won't help you when it comes to motorcycles now because really the economy won't let them. So uh, for those guys that have up with two bikes, it's huge. And, you know, I can't thank those guys enough. And, you know, I'm hoping to keep a long relationship with them and, and uh, you know, help sell them motorcycles and all that stuff too. So a uh, big thanks to those guys. And, uh, you know, we got uh, Ingenite. Uh, David Kimmy at Ingenite has been behind me since I was probably six years old, and uh, I've only ever ran into a in motorcycle. I will only ever run into a in motorcycle. They're, uh, they've been a huge help. Um, I can't thank him enough just for the fact that he was actually
one of my title sponsors all year, and he had one of the, the high uh, high up stickers on my uh, on my graphics too. But um, yeah, big thanks to David there. He uh, he got me going, and uh, you know keeps my bike running cool. That's for sure. But then we have uh, on Joy Graphic, uh, Robbie Renner and uh, Mike. I don't know how to say his last name. I feel really bad with the owner of on Joy. His name's Mike. Uh, they have you know big time this year. Whenever I need graphics or you know uh, seat covers or logos for my semi, wow. you know Robbie was, was on it within the hour and had them shipped out overnight the next day. You know, and uh, I can't thank Robbie enough for making me up. You know, getting my bed with the same with the best graphics setup all year, and uh, I was always getting compliments on it. And I told him not to thank me to go on Facebook or Instagram to thank Robbie. So uh, yeah, big shout out to those guys over there. Uh, recluse, uh, uh, you know, Austin Braden over there was keeping my bike running good, you know, with, uh, with fresh clutches, uh, and pretty much weekly we had any excessive clutches in there. And, you know, I even went over my, my budget, I think, by $2,500, and he was still sending me stuff. So, uh, big thanks to him and, uh, for keeping my bike looking really good. And clutches, you know, if you want to go get a good clutch, forget the, the recluse torque drive system. No, do you use the uh, yeah. the auto clutch or the the man like the manual or the the regular clutch system that they have? Because they have both. You know, I I actually run the manual. Okay. Uh, the auto is good. I like the auto. Uh, I'm going to test it again for Supercross. We tested it for outboards. I didn't have enough time on it, and the season had already started, so we we just figured we'd stick with what we knew for the season. Uh, we're already changing so much on the bike, but uh, no. We actually rerun the manual. We have tried the auto. We're going to try it again. So we can actually test and not be going out for the moto and trying it. Um, so yeah, no, they're, they're good. I, I like the manual. Um, I think I'll probably like the auto more when we get test with it. But there's so many settings you can change on it that, you know, one little thing can make a huge, you know, almost a horsepower in your bike. So we're going to try it. We'll see. We'll see what happens with it. But, uh, yeah, then we got 100% goggles. Uh, Don Cuso, uh, there's not much I can say about that guy besides he's probably been one of the biggest helps all year. Every morning, uh, on race day, about 7 a.m., there's a pack of goggles, four sets of goggles sitting on my table, uh, for me ready to go for that day. And he comes up and checks on me throughout the day and even on the gate asking if I needed anything else. So, I've been with him for probably nine years now and, you know, We got uh, Bell Helmet. Um, I've been with Bell for probably seven years now, and it's hands down the best helmet I've ever worn, ever. You know, they uh, they've been helping me out for years. You know, the helmet's super comfortable. Now they have the, the new custom fitted uh, molded to your head helmet, really, which is amazing. Yeah, no, it's huge. They're uh, they're taking it to the next level. You know, and it's really it's showing. You know, Pat over there, he's had me dialed in. That's a great for, safety feature. You know, like I said, yeah, no, it's huge. It's you know, because everyone gets a helmet and it's not exactly right for their head, but you know, they go up a size and it's too big or go down a size and it's too small. Well, now they custom fit you. They give you that. It's pretty much like a. It looks like a. The things those indie cards guys drive, like the heat pad things that go over your head with the helmet. Kind of looks like that. They scan your head. Boom. You have a custom molded helmet. You know, it's huge. So, uh, yeah, if you're looking for a new helmet, forget yourself a bell because that's the way to go. That's right on. But, uh, yeah, then we got, you know, we got the Pro Circuit. Um, they've been a huge help to me all year. The past two years, really, uh, they've been helping me out with pipes and, uh, you know, any other little plugs I need. Uh, I give a huge thanks to Mitch Payton over there for keeping me dialed in. Uh, Steven Jewell over at, uh, Motohost, and he's been, he's been awesome to me this year, and, uh, you know, it's always had me, you know, whatever color I wanted for my bike, he had it to me within the weekend. So, you know, huge thanks to Steve over there, and, uh, uh I look forward to keep, uh, keep running his, uh, Motohost. You know, then we got Sunstar, uh, he's been 
for Ethan for his Venus Rocket. Uh, the past two years, they've been a big supporter of mine with, uh, you know, running their chain with Rocket. I've never had a problem with them. They've been, uh, you know, top notch. Since I started using them, so I, I plan to keep that relationship going as well uh, for years to come. Uh, precise wheels. Uh, Brian Snyder over there hooking up with a badass set of A60 wheels. Mm-hmm. Polished up my soft hub, and they were looking exquisite all year. Can't thank that. Can't thank that guy enough. He really had me looking good on the track with uh, some good wheels. And uh, you know, if you're looking for a set of wheels, go ahead up Brian over at Precise Wheels. You know, great deal. Great looking wheels, stronger than any other brand, you know, uh, or any, I guess, uh, dealer for a wheel. Yeah, they'll build them, you know, build them themselves, and uh, I've never had a problem. I don't even think I've ever had a tightness of hope. That's how good they are. But, uh, yeah, then we got Twin Air. Uh, I don't really remember who's the guy over at Twin Air anymore. Uh, kind of hard to remember this on the top of my oh, head. Oh, totally, but, it, but yeah, best I'm air filters sure. known to man. Yeah, it, I've ran them my whole life, and uh, I wish I could remember his name. It's one of those things that's on the tip of your tongue, but you can't of say. Of course. So just, just can't. You'll text it but, to uh, me I've been later. With him. Yeah, and I've been with him since I was uh, probably on 65, you know, so yeah, but Jeremy Garges, that's there it. it is. Jeremy Garges, over at Twin Air. I can't thank that guy enough. It, you know, whenever I say, hey, can you just send me a couple of filters? I got a box of tin with oil filters and oil and everything. So huge thanks to that guy for keeping me dialed in all year, every year. And uh, yeah, I, I'll, I'll always be a Twin Air guy. And if I, you know, I spend with a team or someone else, I'll always be Twin Air at heart. Um, you know, a big thanks to the guys over at Dunlop this year. Um, Brian Fleck and uh, uh, Marshall and all those guys at uh, every national. They're a huge help to me whenever I come over after practice once they get some fresh zombies on my bike. They had it done within five minutes, so I can't thank those guys enough for, uh, for really, you know, looking after me and, and keeping me uh, hooking up great on the track. It was, it was huge, and they didn't have to do it, but they did. Uh, one of the huge things is uh, the Stewart family and uh, James Stewart and Roger Larson over at Seven. Uh, when unit clothing folded, I was uh, pretty much left without a gear sponsor, and uh they came up and uh, basically hooked up with the best deer known to man. I uh, I've never had such better feeling here in my entire life with the ventilation and the comfort and the lightweightness and, and everything. I, I can't thank the Stewarts and uh, and Roger enough for uh, for putting me in their gear and uh, making me look like one of the best on the track. Even if I'm not that fast, I still look fast. Hey, look pro, go slow, bro. Uh, hey, that's pretty much how it is, you know, but. Uh, Chris Stevenar over at Alpine Stars. Uh, I've been with Alpine Stars for 17 years. I've uh, I've never worn another pair of boots. I've uh, the first pair of boots I ever had in my entire life were Alpine Stars. I've never worn anything else. Wow. So huge thanks to those guys um, for still sitting behind me and uh, supporting me through all these years. And you know, I hope to start my career with with Alpine Stars and end it with them. Now, are they, you a uh, Tech Eight or Tech Ten guy? On. Sort of interrupt. Tech Ten. I uh, I like the Tech Ten. As soon as it came out, I tried it, and honestly, I fell in love. And the new Tech Ten they had for uh, 2014 and now for 2015 is it's off the line. Yeah. It's, you know, I think it's the best boot out there. I I don't want to wear anything else, and I will never wear it. I'll buy boots before I go somewhere else. There you go. But uh, yeah, and then uh, everybody over at Nihilo Concept uh. They kind of they came up. Uh, I think it was New Jersey uh, Supercross, and uh, you know Donald Sully started hooking up with the grip tape. And uh, you know I've always complained about not having enough grip on my bike until they put the Nikolo Concept pre-cut uh, grip tape on my bike, and I've never been more happy with with the grip that I've had. So yeah, huge thanks to those guys. And uh, you know, if you're looking for some grip tape, and you don't want to go out to Lowe's and buy a sheet of it and cut it out yourself go over to nihiloconcept.com and uh, check out their free cut grip tape and uh, promise you'll be very pleased with it. Uh, Rockwell Watches, uh, you know, they were, honestly, I'll tell you a little story about Rockwell. Go ahead. And uh, 2013, we went to uh, oh, Thunder Valley uh, Motocross, the National. Yep. And 
if you qualify top 40, you got like a little care package from uh, from Rockwell, and they had a watch and a T-shirt and all this cool stuff. And uh, I was so pumped because I've always wanted to own a Rockwell watch, and I never, never could really afford one. Being a private you're not going to spend your money on a watch. You just spend it on sports instead. And yeah. I was just really, you know, always wanting one and never got the chance. And you know, I qualified obviously top 40 there. And, and I got the care package with a watch in it, and I had never been more stoked. And I set the, the care package down inside my truck. And I loaded up my, my trailer, came back to leave, and the watch was gone. Somebody had opened up the door, went in there, grabbed my watch, and stole it. And uh, pretty much I was just completely dumped out of it. You know, I was super depressed, super bummed. You know, finally get a watch, and it gets stolen from everything. Yeah, totally. I hit those guys up, I hit those guys up on Twitter. Hold on, you know, I haven't sitting at my house within, I think it was a week. And, and yeah, so they went out of their way, gave me a new watch. Um, the one that I got sold for me, they replaced it. And then uh, at Dallas Supercross this year, I had a Rockwell sticker on the back of my truck window to kind of, you know, they, they went out of their way to give me a new watch. Yeah. So I was kind of running the sticker on my truck. For sure. And uh, actually, I was wearing the watch at the same time, the one they had replaced. You know, it's almost a year later. The owner, uh, Rich, comes up and asks me who I go through at Rockwell. And I told him, you know, I don't go through anybody, but uh, Bryce Brown, actually, from Rockwell, replaced the watch that got stolen. He had heard about the story. And uh, come to find out, um, he sends me an email uh, later that week. And uh, in Atlanta Supercross, I come back to my, my trailer after practice, and there's two brand-new watches sitting there with a couple T-shirts and hats. So, uh, needless to say, I was pretty upset there. I mean, that was huge for them to, to do that. And, uh, you know, I'll always be a Rockwell watch guy, you know, you know through and through, no matter what, because they went out of their way and gave back to the, the privateer that was still supporting their product and still was wearing a watch they replaced, you know, almost a year later. So, huge thanks to Rich and all those guys over there for being such a, such a great company, you know, and, uh, Obviously, the best watch that I can think of. I mean, I wear, you know, I have, a, I have my super nice watch, and I have my all-day, everyday watch, and they're still running strong. Actually, still have the watch they replaced. Still runs perfect. So, yeah, huge, huge thanks to those guys. But, uh, you know, work connection, uh, I've been with them since probably 50s, 50 to 60. Yeah, I don't think they make anything for 50, so I think it was 60,000 for running their stuff. There you go. Hey, uh, they went out of their way this year, too. And, uh, no, uh, Kawasaki and Suzuki. Okay, yeah, when they had the uh, kind of Franken-bike there. Or, like, they just yeah, shared well, a 60. It was a, they shared a 60. Yeah, it was a, it was a Cowie with yellow plastic. Well, I looked at it. You know, but that's what I wrote. Um, yeah, they were always picking me up with stuff back in the day with uh, work connection stuff. And uh, they're still doing it to this day. You know, they heard from their good place this year and, you know, I can't thank those guys enough over there for uh, still being behind me after all these years. Cycra um, Plastic, the new one that I picked up this year. And, uh, you know, Brian Powell over there has been a huge help to me, you know, keeping my plastic, you know, obviously looking great. I went out and bought two sets of it at the beginning of the year, was running it all the way through Muddy Creek uh, National, and uh, they hooked up with a few more sets. And, uh, yeah, so I was pretty pumped on that. So I had fresh plastic on my bike. But uh, really just, you know, bolt hardware, you know, you lose a bolt, they have this pro kit, you know, you grab a bolt out of there, they, they have every single bolt to your bike, you throw it back in your bike, you're good to go. You know, bolt hardware is a new one that stuff doesn't mess with me on Facebook, and they want to support me this year. Probably the best, one of the best ones I have, just for the fact that when I lose a bolt or strip a bolt out or something, yeah. I have another, you know, so that's huge. But uh, really, just everyone that's been behind me this year, it's, uh, I can't thank those guys enough. You know, they, they've all stepped up you know, in their own way, supported me throughout the year, and uh, you know, they got me to where I am now. And uh, you know, I hope I can keep the relationship with all of them throughout next year. And, uh, you know, and if not, then you know, maybe the years after that. But, uh, you know, it's been, it's been a good year. Were, uh, walked out healthy, walked out with 42 points. Last year I had 15, so uh, definitely had a big plus right there. More than but, double, uh, my friend. 
Absolutely. You know, uh, we're, we're, we're regrettably not going to be able to see you in the, the, the double nine anymore. I do like seeing the 99 out there, of course, since uh, a hockey fan, uh, big fans of Wayne Gretzky growing up. Um, hey, somebody, somebody will have it. It just might not be. Yeah. Well, it won't be. It definitely won't be will you. Have. You'll be somewhere in, like you said, the, the, the low, low 70s. Yeah, that's where I think. I yeah. mean, that's the way I look at it. I should be either, because some, some, two-digit guys that have permanent numbers will lose their numbers this year, like Michael Byrne and, and Wyndham's number they actually took off the something you're allowed to get, but you're allowed to get it next year, yeah. you know, and so people will drop numbers. I could be in, like, the 60s. I mean, it, it doesn't really matter to me. The numbers and numbers are not going to make my life go any faster, you know, so... No, but it definitely is a, a bargaining chip for you that uh, you're, you're running a, a higher number, and um, it's good to see that you're progressing, my friend. Yeah, hey, you, know, you got to uh, take what you're giving. Keep going. Absolutely, my friend. Well, uh, really appreciate you taking some time with us today. Uh, always love having you on the show uh, and your your insight and your what you offer to uh, to young athletes uh, when they listen to these. I hope that they listen and they they listen to what you're going to be working on. Those are the very same things that they're going to have. They they should be working on to uh, to increase their own skills on the bike. Uh, we wish you the best of luck as you yep. head over to uh, Europe. And uh, is there anything else you want to talk about before we let you go? Uh, just want to let everyone know I'll be doing riding school uh, starting next week. Oh, right on. Uh, probably about two, two or three a week. We'll, uh, we'll kind of see what's on my schedule. But um, yeah, if you're interested in doing some riding school, um, yeah, send me a message on Facebook. Uh, just Justin Sterling on there. And, uh, yeah, if you're, uh, if you're interested, let me know. I'm going to have them set up to show up and show up if you don't. You don't. But uh, if you want to take it to that next time, I've uh, been trained by several top riders and I ride with, with the top riders to the same. So I, uh, I like to think I kind of know what I'm about. But uh, yeah, if, if you're interested, uh, send me a message on there and uh, I'll be posting some stuff on there about it uh, probably later in the week. So uh, yeah, we'll let everyone know. Right on, man. Riding schools is a great way to uh, not only get to back to basics on your part, but also hand down some uh, something back to the sport that's given you so much. Exactly. Right on, Justin. Uh, you have a great trip. Rest of uh, it looks like another 10 hours before you get back to home sweet home. Uh, we appreciate you taking some time with us. And, uh, yeah, best of luck going forward, my friend. Anytime. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Big MX Podcast, brought to you by X-Brand Goggles. Be sure to check out our archive for episodes you may have missed. Check out our website at BigMXRadio.com for more content.